Magic is power. I am your legacy newbie with me this week. As always, Mr. Jerry, me. What's up, Jerry? Oh, not much, Pat. How are you doing tonight? I'm, I'm doing great, man. I'm feeling good. Uh, voice is uh, on the upswing, so that's good. We caught me on a good night. <laughs> I just feel like this is my new normal now. I know someone asked what's the Patreon pledge level to uh, get back and go see a fucking doctor. <laughs> I like how that then spiraled <laughs> off into a like debate about if affordable health care. It's like, <laughs> we talk about legacy, but sometimes you compare insurance plans. <laughs> well, I mean, most of us are adults, so it, 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 just, it just invariably comes up. Uh, that's sad. It's like, oh man, I love this card game to uh, help me relax and unwind. Uh, so what do you, what's your copay? <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know where you don't never need a copay is uh, if you want to visit hipsterthecoast.com. Uh, you can find oh. us there every Friday. <laughs> that, was a, that was a good segue, right? That's, oh, right. that's, a, that's you never a, need a You never need a copay to visit us on hipsterthecoast.com. Uh, that's a groaner. All right. <laughs> Get it out. Uh, you, can also, you can also find us on the Top Decked app as well. And if you want to support the show directly, you can visit patreon.com slash legacy. You can support the show for as little as a dollar an episode. We have awesome rewards like stickers and shoutouts, playmats, and more. Uh, so check it out. The link is in the show notes. Uh, so this week, uh, Jerry, we have an awesome guest on. You want to introduce him? Uh, I mean, I don't think he needs an introduction. He is <laughs> <laughs> the one and only man from the Midwest, Mr. Jeremy Aronson. What's up, man? Hey, guys. How's it going? Pleasure to be here again. Welcome back. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. You you've been quite the globe trotter lately too. I've been following. You. Where where have you been lately? Uh, Israel, Japan, France, and Canada in the last month. Jeez, it's been pretty good. <laughs> and were you in Chicago too? <laughs> yeah, that was. Oh, I went to GP Houston this weekend too. Oh, that was Houston. That's what it was. <laughs> yeah, the most exotic of locales. <laughs> yeah. Uh, were you traveling just for fun, or were you like, did you get to stop at any shops? Yeah. So uh, Japan was just sort of there to buy some magic cards on the way back uh, and help pay for the other stuff. <laughs> uh, I got a layover for a couple hours. Might as well hit some shops. <laughs> yep. Uh, so it was a thirty-eight hour flight. Did a little business in Japan, did a little bit of work, and then I uh, flew over back to Houston basically right away. How, how do you cope with a flight that long? Because going to uh, Vegas, I was on like a, a six-hour flight, and I thought I was going to rip my eyes out. I was so bored. Uh, I love reading books. Uh, it's also <sighs> nice to be able to download some podcasts like Leaving a Legacy on Hipsters <laughs> of the Coast and uh, get those sweet tunes in your ears. So, yeah, uh, I can also re- I can highly recommend uh, Cartel Aristocrats. It's another great cast if you guys are looking for – a great finance podcast. You can check that out as well. You guys yeah. done patting each other on the back? We're, we're <laughs> done stroking each other. Yeah, <laughs> yeah if, you, uh, if you hate finance, it's a good podcast because uh, we we don't really mince words that much. So that's on uh, gatheringmagic.com as another plug. Awesome. Good. Good. Uh, when's the Tostitos ad coming up? We got to get, get some stuff in before that comes up. <laughs> You know, they haven't paid us yet. I guess we're just waiting for them to chip in, so we'll see what happens from there. I'll give you uh, I'll give you a 6 out of 10 on the pun meter for that one. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I wasn't prepared. I had to get the scoop for some of these puns. <laughs> good, good. 
Oh boy. Uh, so how Potato. Was... <laughs> Thanks, Pat. Thanks, Pat. Uh, so how was uh, how was GP Houston? Uh, what what format was that? Uh, GP Houston was sealed, and I stayed with uh, Sam, who's at the Craven one. Uh, he does the Texas Lorgoif stuff down there. He's one of the biggest contributors to Texas Legacy uh, in the area, and he was playing a Tin Fins list with uh, Magus of the Mind, which is like <laughs> oh, Mind's Desire on a yeah. stick. <laughs> yep, I saw that list a little while ago. That's a sweet list. Uh, how was he doing with it? Uh, I think he was doing okay. I brought a veteran explorer deploy the gate watch, which uh, Katie Bazinga saw on uh, at uh, Eternal Weekend. So uh, nothing's more fun than casting foil Russian deploy the gate watches for like Ugans. <laughs> this is still legacy we're talking about. This is still legacy, man. You gotta you gotta put veteran explorers in any deck. <laughs> good, good. Uh, what's the, what's the win condition? Just Ugans. Uh, so it plays 14 different Planeswalkers, a lot of 1 and 2s. Uh, the only 4 of his Garrick Runt was to be able to shoot Deathrite Shamans and Delvers and all the other fun stuff. Um, and then you, you just grind them out with both versions of Nicol Bolas and uh, just a lot of one ofs just to have a little Jeez. bit of fun. <laughs> uh, yeah, that that sounds like an EDH deck that someone showed up to a Legacy tournament with. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. <laughs> nice. Uh, were you doing well with it? Were you getting some wins? Uh, I was having an okay time. I think my best finish was at Eternal Weekend in the Legacy side. I went X and 1 in that with uh, Veteran Planeswalkers, so that was a bunch of fun. Sweet. Is it a, yep. full, is it a full five colors, or...? Yeah, it's all five colors. Uh, Oath of <laughs> Oath of Nyssa really helps with the mana base, too. You're able to cast whatever you want off of any lands you have in play. Mm, that's true. Oh, that sounds sweet. I like to see that deck in action. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, if you're going to GP Vegas this year, guys, I'd be happy to play against you. So I believe I saw Pat last time because Jerry didn't bother showing up to the event. Oh, listen, listen. So speaking of that, so we have GP Seattle coming up. And yep. I swear to God, today my boss sends me an email. I was going to put in the time off for GP Seattle. And he sends me an email. Oh, hey, by the way, here are the weeks I'm going to be away from vacation this year. And it fell directly on GP Seattle. <laughs> Last year, he did the exact same thing, and it fell directly on GP Vegas. So I have a theory that either my boss listens to this cast and is fighting me, or he's a closet magic player, and he's going to these events himself. <laughs> it he's, could certainly be both. <laughs> he's protecting you from yourself, Jerry. He doesn't Apparently. want you to... He knows you'll make day two, and he knows that you'd never stop talking about it, so he's just doing what's best. <laughs> exactly. Well... Not going to work this time. I'm definitely going to GP Seattle. I even sent an email to my HR rep. It's like, hey, uh, I have some questions. Most of them are about whether it's worth it for me to stay here. And their response was less than lackluster. Jeez. <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm definitely going to go to GP Seattle. Uh, though Pat is bailing out this time. Yeah, unfortunately. I mean, I'm talking with some some people, some replacement, better podcasters well, I'm, I'm, for my I'm house. Not, I'm not bailing, per se. I mean, I'm giving you, like, I told you at the beginning of the year, like, I gave you four months notice. I wouldn't say that's bailing. <laughs> bailing is, like, Basically, last minute. Last minute he, he ditched me. <laughs> it's okay. I got some grade-A talent lined up for, uh, for my backup roommates. <laughs> awesome. Very nice. Very nice. Just remember, make sure they all know they are my backup. They, they weren't. <laughs> They weren't. They weren't first stringers. Not, I don't know if that's going to go over well, but uh, we'll they're see. called alternates. They're called alternates. So. Jeez. <laughs> uh, and no plans for you, Jeremy. You're not going to Seattle. 
I will be at Seattle, so oh. I hope to uh, hope to play a little bit of the main. I might actually be working that. I'm not sure. We'll we'll see what's going on. Uh, there's a lot of money that can be made in GPs, so it really depends how I'm feeling. Uh, so you, you're thinking about getting a booth, or are you thinking about just going for fun? Yeah, I might just do the whole like do uh, put my cards in someone else's booth and then go play Legacy all weekend. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Oh, you mean just like have someone work for you and do uh, do all your stuff for you? That's the dream. That's why I was gone over <laughs> winter. You know, uh, sometimes things work out for the best. Nice. Well, can't all live a life of glitz and glamour? Uh, should we should we dive into some of these tournaments? We had a bunch of legacy events this weekend. Yeah. So, well, the cool thing was is that we had uh, the the team constructed trios. Um, they've been. They've been setting up that with that lately, and uh, there was two held by SCG recently, one in Philly and one in Dallas. And I guess we can go over the one in Philly first. And one thing that's worth noting is that so we have like the top eight deck list from this event, but it really doesn't mean that these decks are the best, like the best decks in, in Legacy right now because it is a team trios event. So, um, you know, it's it's we were talking about this with Tom earlier, right? Like Tom, our friend Tom Hep did really well in. Uh, in Philly, but his team, like as a team, they didn't do it as well. So, uh, even though he was like his last two rounds, he played against like someone who was like two and six. And then the last round he played against someone who was undefeated. So it seems like it's all over the place as, whereas, you know, what decks kind of make it in the top eight and what don't. So just, this is just a big caveat for these are not, I wouldn't say this is representative of where the meta is, but it's still fun to look at the, uh, the top eight decks. Yeah. It's a bit warping. It's cool because you do get to see these like spicy decks that you don't normally see top eight, but Mm -hmm. maybe they got propelled into it because of, you know, their own record and also their teammates record. But the flip coin, the the flip side of the coin is that you do just get like, decks that are kind of warping like in philly we saw two eldrazi lists in the top eight right and i put eldrazi kind of in that same category as burn or death and taxes where they're easy cheap decks to put together for someone mm-hmm. newish to legacy and i we definitely see increased numbers of those types of decks in these team events just because oh we have a modern and a standard player uh, let's grab Jimmy. He put together his like budget Eldrazi deck or his yeah. burn deck or his death and taxes because he finally got wastelands and ports. Yeah, it's worth noting too, just uh, as a as a little reminder that the two Eldrazi aggro decks that are there are two different Eldrazi aggro decks. One's more of the the twelve post version, where the other one is a true like the Eldrazi aggro with uh, temples and and caverns and running the factories and whatnot. So just as an FYI, got to defend that home turf, Pat. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Eldrazi for life. Absolutely. I fucking love that deck. <laughs> you can take the Eldritch out of the monster, but not the monster out of the Eldritch. Yeah, sure. Whatever that means. Books are for nerds. <laughs> uh, so, <clears throat> um, so I guess we'll, we'll just run down the top eight because there's really only number one and two are clearly defined here um, at MGG top eight. But looks like we had Dark Depths coming in first. Jerry, did you have any thoughts on this list? Um, It's... Pretty, it's pretty. I mean, so first of all, it's got the two Sylvan Safekeeper. I know we got into uh, some discussion about that on an episode mm-hmm. a little while ago, and then also we continued that onto Twitter uh, with some people and, and onto our our mod chat as well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, but the, well, the reason why I brought it to mod chat was because all right, so Sylvan Safekeeper is a single green. It's a one-one creature, human wizard, sack a land uh, target creature you control gains shroud until end of turn. So this is clearly like swords protection for your for your merit leads, right? And also, I guess, like, 
it's also uh, one like a, a creature you can sacrifice to an edict effect uh, to protect your merit lage as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so our discussion was: Is this card actually good enough to be in Turbo Depths? And I was it, my my original thought was like, yeah, like it seems great. Like it, it's it's a two of you might run an extra or two in the in the sideboard. Um, it, you know, Swords to Plowshares is obviously your biggest enemy. Um, your biggest removal enemy uh, when you're playing Merrill Age decks, and it, it's a great it's a great counter to that, right? And what was your kind of stance on it, Jerry? Yeah, so my first thoughts on it were that Swords to Plashiers just isn't popular enough in the meta right now to warrant it. Uh, we're pat- you know miracles is still a thing, but it's nowhere near what it used to. And Death and Taxes is also taking a pretty big nosedive in popularity. So I just didn't see the need for it with it being just Swords to Plowshares protection. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know a lot of the Hexdeps players kind of put it in a different perspective for me in that uh, Curtis is uh, a big one. He's a big proponent of the deck. Uh, he's Grizzlepuff on um, Twitter. He's underscore Grizzlebrand. Oh, underscore Grizzlebrand. Oh, wait, Grizzlepuff's yeah. Pop on. Never mind. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All these Grizzlebrand-based names, I can't keep them straight. <laughs> so, yes. They're under- pretty fly names. <laughs> they are. <laughs> Uh, that is a one out of ten. That is not even that is not even acceptable <laughs> on the pun meter. <laughs> uh, but the way they put it was that um, because you are so much you are so favored against the other decks that don't run swords, and because you're so such a dog to the swords based decks, it's worth having just because it makes a terrible matchup so much better. And the matchups where it doesn't really do anything in those matchups are almost buys as is. Mm-hmm. So that's why you can really afford to have this very swingy card that you would expect to be a sideboard card in the main deck. Right. Um, and then we brought it to our friend Tom, who I consider to be probably at least because I've played quite a few matches with him um, on this deck. Uh, one of the better Turbo Depths players that I that I know, at least personally, who I talk to. And um, his his reaction was, look, I'm playing this event. I am registering exactly zero copies of Sylvan Safekeeper. Now, granted, he is on a bug depths list, so he's running the blue um, in his in his deck. So he's running a few uh, cards that you wouldn't see in this deck, so that perhaps that's uh, part of it. Um, but he also believes that, like, really tight play. Like, the, the tighter you play, the less you need to rely on a card like Sylvan Safekeeper. You can do a lot to play around Swords to Plowshares. You can do a lot to play around uh, cards like Needle and, and play around um, uh, other issues that you that come into play when you're playing uh, the Depth deck. And uh, so he, he just didn't think that it was necessary. There were more powerful cards to put in that place. What about you, Jeremy? If you see a Sylvan Safekeeper sitting across the table from you, what's your reaction? I would think Maverick, to be honest. There's a lot of Maverick players at our uh, at our F&Ms that are starting to put that in to deal with a lot of stuff. I thought it was interesting that you said Miracles is on the downturn because there were also two copies of Miracles in the top eight. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really like this uh, sideboard Steely Resolve, and I really like having three Pithing Needles main. Um, the other thing is uh, with Urberg, uh, the deck's like really well positioned with looking at stuff like Sejiri Step and Ghost Quarter, I really like where Ghost Quarter is at right now in the meta. Yeah. Um, And with Urberg, you know, you're definitely not going to be left feeling swamped on land, so it's really not a big deal. (laughs) I'll give you a 3 out of 10 on that one. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Uh, I just want to read Steely Resolve, because it is not a very common card, and it is pretty sweet. Uh, it's, It's an Onslaught rare, one in a green for an enchantment. As Steely Resolve comes into play, choose a creature type, Cheese, uh, creatures of the chosen type can't be the targets of spells or abilities. 
Um, so that's a pretty sweet enchantment. I'm surprised we haven't seen more people kind of play around with that. Yeah. Um, I know I saw some play in Elves back in the day, but that deck doesn't really need this effect, so I guess there's probably just not really another deck that wants this until now. Yeah, I think it's definitely a sweet sideboard slot. Um, what, what was your take on it, Jeremy? Yeah, I, I just think it's a spicy one-of. I mean, I've definitely registered stupider things in uh, events. <laughs> You know, and this guy did take it down. The thing that's interesting is the decks that, like, say you put this in Elves, a lot of the decks that have ways to deal with your creatures also have ways to deal with this. Like, they're just pointing their Abrupt Decay at the Resolve now instead of one of your creatures, and maybe that gives Mm -hmm. you enough time in Elves. But uh, I think it's really well positioned for specifically this deck and not much else. It just feels like a another way to keep your stuff safe which is why they're playing safekeeper in the first place yeah and, and worth noting like it doesn't it doesn't help like any issues with cards like terminus so or um diabolic edict you know so the, it it seems like a, a little bit marginal of a card but it is really neat i've actually never seen this card before so uh so it's it's nice uh addition to the deck i think it definitely looks like the sylvan safekeepers are here to stay for the most part mm-hmm. uh, it does mm-hmm. definitely seem like it's made its way to stock I believe Eli Cassis was the first one uh, to try out the Sylvan Safekeeper when I think it was like Eternal Extravaganza he top aided or won with it. Mm-hmm. So uh, definitely don't be surprised if you see Safekeeper sitting across the table from you. Yep. Uh, that, <laughs> I mean, so we already mentioned two Miracles. Uh, going back to that, Jeremy, when I say Miracles on the downswing, I mean it's on the downswing compared to pre-top ban. We've definitely seen Miracles get more and more popular since the top ban. Yeah, mm. pre, pre-top ban, we had a Legacy Win a Lotus tournament, and seven of the top eight was Miracles, and we had <sighs> a 90-minute game two in the semifinals. <laughs> and I just wanted to, you know, throw myself off a cliff at that That was point. almost the last tournament you ever ran, right? Like, I can imagine yeah. just being like, yeah, I'm done after this. <laughs> yeah, and plus, Magic players seem to like topless tournaments more than pre-ban, so it's uh, a little better. <laughs> I mean, personally, I'm I'm a big fan of topless tournaments. Uh, I keep, you know, it, it's Vegas ran Vegas ran very very uh, quickly in my opinion for as large of a tournament as it was, and that was every every event I've played since then. It doesn't. It just feels like the uh, the rounds don't drag on as badly. Yeah, uh, I'm pretty happy that uh, the that Wizards decided to give uh, this format a spin for sure. I like that one, so uh, I'm gonna give it a seven out of ten. <laughs> Jerry, Jerry, they're less they're less clever if you have to talk about them every time. That's the point. Uh, that, that's the point. <laughs> so three three um, nearly identical Grixis Delver lists also made it into the top eight, I believe. Let me just double check, but I'm pretty sure uh, Tannen Grace came in second with Grixis. Uh, yeah, they're like almost all exactly the same. Like, not quite the same seventy-five, but I mean, like, one spell pierce over two spell pierce. You know, two cabal therapy over three. Um, Changes are so small; it's basically non-existent. Right. Yeah. So three. So three. Like, pretty much basic uh, Grixis Delver lists in the top eight. Again, they, we had the Eldrazi Aggro, and then we had a little bit bigger um, running floor, four Cloud Post, four Glimmer Post. And four Vesuva, so I guess it is technically 12 post. Um, and then two copies of Miracles in the top eight, so. Uh, and the Miracles lists, again, very, very, very similar. I didn't see anything too exciting in these, so. Uh, I think now's kind of a good time. Jeremy, you wanted to talk about kind of Grixis Delver and its ubiquitousness in the uh, format? Yeah, so I've listened to a lot of your cast, so I don't want to go down the rabbit hole too much, but I think death right is uh, becoming a problem in legacy. 
I think uh, especially with stuff like Check Pile and Grixis Delver, it's starting to get to the point where it's a little too oppressive in the current meta. And I'm not sure what they can do to fix that. Um, at, at some point, I'd like to just see them ban Counterbalance and then unban Top, so at least Painter gets another day in the sun. But yeah. we're gonna we're gonna have to see like what happens because it, it see we I do a lot of data on our tournaments and death rate every single tournament is becoming a higher and higher percentage of decks uh, at to the at the point that it's more than brainstorm now in our local meta. So it's kind of reaching a critical mass. Yeah, like just specifically for our meta, but we get like eighty players and we're gonna have a quite a few more later on. So it'll be interesting to see what that sample size is. Yeah. Uh, have you talked to Minadol? I'm sure he would be chomping at the bit to get his hands on that data. I will definitely shoot him a message. Yeah, because I know he devours basically every legacy data point that he can get his hands on. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that it kind of be interesting to see um, popularity over time. I know I talked to Lincoln about this over at Top Deck, about the possibility of having a tool. I feel there isn't really any tool, you know, MGG Goldfish and some other sites will tell you how popular a card is now and how popular a deck is now. I'd like to see a graph over time of a card's popularity. And, you know, I know kind of like the price graphs can sort of reflect that a little bit, but they're not as reliable uh, just because, you know, price stickiness and price memory comes into play. Uh, But I'd really just like to see a graph of how often Deathrite has been showing up in top eights and seeing if it's still increasing or if we're hitting a plateau. Nice pun. Yeah. <laughs> All puns are unintentional. <laughs> uh, so we also had the team event in Dallas. If we wanted to talk about how, you know, how little we see uh, Swords to Plowshares, we do see uh, no less than two copies of Death and Taxes. Yeah. In this, <laughs> this is one of the team events, though. So this also goes to... Uh, sorry, uh, four copies of, of Death and Taxes in the top 16. My mistake. Uh, but this goes back to what I'm saying about how the, these decks uh, really no, show no, up in the no. team events. You know, yeah, Death Attacks, yeah. Burn, Eldrazi. We're just going to see so many more numbers of these start popping up. Right, right. D&T is one of those things that, like you said, you ju- you don't have to throw that much money into, into it. And compared to Modern, to put it in Legacy, there's not that much that you really need to buy to uh, port it over to Legacy. Yeah, it's basically like the Wastelands and Ports and a Caracas or two. I agree. I'm really expecting us to get a Rashadon port reprint in uh, Masters 25, uh, at which point I think Death and Tax is just almost going to be cheaper than Burn to put together. When do we see in Modern Masters 25? Uh, it is March 17th. Okay. Is yeah. The, technically, March 16th is the first day of release. All right. Yeah, there's, there is the potential of having a card in uh, Modern Masters, so. That was a bad pun, Pat. It was so I bad. I barely noticed it. A portential? Come on. What do you think, Yar? Uh, it's we're talking about death and taxes. That's a pretty vile pun. <laughs> Thanks. See, Jeremy can, can agree with me. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Go back in your cage. Yeah, sorry. So sorry. <laughs> My day's been ruined. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think death and taxes probably could do with a bit more. I think it's nice that these team events will boost it up because we really haven't been seeing it at all in the single person events. Um, it kind of feels like the meta may have shifted against it a little bit, but I don't really understand why that would be the case. Uh, I think like in a, there's just the removal versus death and taxes is so good. 
and decks like decks that are, that are playing <clears throat> cards like a braid and fatal push are just really good against death and taxes. I don't think they have the ability to go over the top. That they're, they're going to have they're going to have to fight against Gurmag anglers. They're going to have to fight against really fast combo decks as well. I just don't think that they stack up well in this meta game right now. Yeah, Grixis Delver probably is holding him down a bit just with their you know multitude of removal plus a braid yeah, bigger. Like the number yeah. of times I've like been on the play against Death and Taxes and they go turn one Aether Vial and then I go turn two a Braid their Aether Vial and then they kept a one land hand and do nothing for the rest of the game. It's mm-hmm. one it's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Um so I mean getting back to the top eight, we're seeing another Merit Lage based uh deck lands uh taking mm-hmm. down the entire event by uh, Kevin King. Yeah, um this is uh, a very typical lands build um he's got the punishing fire engine here uh running the molten vortex main which is something that we've seen in a lot of the land decks as well um tireless tracker he's got a pair of those in the sideboard that card does absolute work in this deck um it's it's just it's great in lands i've seen um uh some of our friends just do amazing things with tireless tracker in this deck so um i think it's something that is obviously here to stay I also like in the sideboard, he's running one of my favorite commander cards, uh, Song of the Dryads. Song of the Dryads, two and a green for an enchantment. Enchant permanent. Enchanted permanent is a colorless forest land. Yeah, it's like an upgraded beast within because you don't have to worry about a 3-3 bash in your face until you get the combo together. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I really like that Song of Dryads. He's also got the Warping Wills to like uh, blow out show and tell, I guess, or something because that's pretty spicy. Oh yeah, the warping whales. It, it is nice because it's essentially a colorless counterspell, uh, so you you can see these you know non blue decks just get their opponents that aren't res- expecting a counterspell out of them. The cool thing about warping whale too is that um, if someone is trying to edict your merit lage after a long game, uh, you're able to make a um, a one one colorless scion at instant speed to sack to the edict effect. Um, so it helps get around those those edicts as well when you're trying to kill them with Merit Lage. Or even better, in the long game, when you're both really low on cards, you just make a 1-1 and beat them down for the next 20 turns. Cause... That's 100% true, yeah, because eventually <laughs> eventually your ports and your wastelands are going to be able to crack away all of their creatures, and eventually your tabernacles will be able to do the job of them not being able to keep any creatures on the board, and sometimes you're going to get 1-1 to death. That's just the way that it goes against lands. Yeah, it's like, oh, uh, did you think Punishing Fire victory was tedious? Wait until you try with an Eldrazi joke. Yeah, <laughs> oh, Needle My Vortex? Okay, you're going to die to a 1-1. <laughs> you did this. You yeah. did this. <laughs> it's like when you're fighting with your brother at home, and like you're holding their hand and slapping them in the face with it. It's like, you're doing this to yourself. This isn't my fault. This, that's what it is. Uh, and second place too more dark depths uh mm-hmm. we have the dark depths deck uh so again it's very similar to what we saw earlier they're also playing an additional safekeeper main and then they're playing ramming up excavator in the sideboard as another crucible of worlds effect yeah uh also oh no that's dryad arbor not song of the dryads i got excited that we we're gonna get a two for one <laughs> um but yeah more merit lage uh got Third third slash fourth place another Grixis Delver list that same looks thing we saw last yeah this, this is like identical. this list hasn't changed honestly this list hasn't changed since Columbus in 2016 because I played a list almost almost the same exact same 75 as the one here so it's it's very very uh, ubiquitous as least it's, as long as least as this list is concerned 
it's reached like uh, rug delver status at yeah. this point. Like I remember when rug delver was so dominating in the format, probably like four or five years yeah. ago. It just reached a point where it's just like, yep, we found the perfect yep. build. Congratulations. <laughs> Can't get better than this. This is um, the exact same sideboard. Yeah, you're correct. I just yeah. compared them. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like it's it's just a known it's like a known quantity at this point. Um, the more interesting deck in uh, third, fourth place, mono red sneak attack. Zach Elsick. Yeah, this is the uh, this is the big red yeah. deck. Yeah, so this is basically sneak and show, but without the blue. <laughs> and I actually really I haven't had a chance to play this version of the deck yet, and I really want to because it just seems so. It much It seems fun. awesome because I mean, not um, only you're running what seven blood moon effects between blood moon and blood sun, you also have like your own chalices. So it's just like it's just such a good job of turn one do something that shuts your opponent down, or is like a like turn one you have to answer this, and then you're gonna have to answer my grizzlebrand on turn two. Right. Uh, you know, you're powering out because you're running four Ancient Tomb, four City of Traders, and because that's not enough, you're also running a single and Crystal Vein. is like a, a, a very <laughs> underappreciated card, I feel. It is. It is. And now, if you don't have City of Traders yet and you want to play these big style decks, Crystal Vein is actually a totally yep. legitimate replacement for City 100%. of Traders if you don't want to shell out, you know, the $300 for a pair yep. of them. 100%. Um, so four ancient tomb, four city of traders, a crystal vein, 10 mountain. Uh, let's just run down the, the creature suite because it's just like an all-star list, <laughs> uh, combustible gear Hulk. That's the one when it comes into play, uh, your opponent either lets you draw the top three or reveal the top three and take combined damage equal to their converted mana cost, uh, which in this deck would be basically be suicide because as you'll see we also have two Emercool, <laughs> three Grizzlebrand, three infernal titan uh four seeming spirit guide two world spire worm so it, it like i haven't done the math on this but i would say the average damage you're looking to take off the top is at least 10 um just with such a high curve you're just gonna get lucky sometimes and hit like a world spire worm or mm -hmm. an Emercool. Um, and then like everything else in the deck either costs like three or four. So if, as long as you don't hit three lands in a row, combustible gear Hulk is going to hit them. Yeah. Hard. Big time. Um, and it's just the psychological effect. Like your opponent knows that. So combustible gear Hulk basically is a giant creature that is says ancestral recall when it comes mm -hmm. into play. Um, which is really huge for a deck like this that doesn't have ways uh, to regain card advantage uh, if their combo is stopped. I mean, yes, Grizzlebrand, but if you have a Grizzlebrand in play, you should already be winning the game anyways. Mm -hmm. um, Combustible Gear Hulk is actually a threat that the deck can hardcast if it naturally draws it, which is really yeah, nice. Yeah, I, I, I also think, too, like it's worth noting that they're only running running one because the chances of you whiffing on this card are... Are like pretty high too, considering they're running nineteen lands plus four chalice and four lotus petal. Uh, just something worth mm -hmm. noting. Yeah, can definitely be uh, very give and take, but it's such a psychological aspect that unless your opponent's a gambling man, uh, they're probably going to just let you draw. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, I, I even when I was running it as a spicy sideboard card and sneak attack, sneak and show. Mm -hmm. um, my opponents would always let me draw the cards because they were just afraid. What if it's Emrakul on top? Like, that's all they can think of. Uh, Buck Threshold in, in fifth. <laughs> oh, we're not going to finish the deck? I mean, how much do we want to talk about Monterey Seek Attack? It's, like, not that exciting. Uh, I think it's cool. Fine. It's cool. Fine. It's, I mean, we'll it's on. cool. It's cool, but it's it's nothing like something we haven't seen before. Right? <sighs> Fine. Steal my thunder. <laughs> 
All right, Bug Threshold. Let's talk about uh, Bug Threshold. Again, this is something that we've seen. One of Liliana the Last Hope making its way into the list here. A car that killed me uh, the other week over at Etsy. And our, and our fr- yeah, in the hands of our friend Dan. Yeah. Uh, interesting split. Uh, one Liliana of the Veil, one Liliana Last Hope. I, I almost feel like Liliana of um, the Veil has, like, is, is getting replaced by Liliana the Last Hope. It kind of feels yeah. this way. I mean, I picked up my first Liliana of the Last Hope a little while because I've been waiting for it to go down, and it just won't. Like, I don't think it's getting lower in price. It's been out of standard for a while. Uh, no new ones are being opened up. I think Liliana of the Last Hope is going to start ticking up as That's we go That's surprising on. to me. Like, uh, Jeremy, how did you feel about, uh, what is this, from Eldritch Moon? How did you feel yep. about that set? Did it sell well? So it was a small set with a band mythic. So, yeah, this card's going up real fast. Yeah. We We actually called it. The, the evil MTG finance cabal people <laughs> schemed away. Uh, we called it as soon as it rotated. We said, get these because they're not going to be any cheaper. Um, this is also yeah. way better in both modern and legacy at the moment in the current meta. Uh, there's like no control deck in legacy that like needs to be punished like miracles by a Liliana ultimate. Um, and this is just something where it deals a lot better with the post- uh, miracles ban and it also deals with a lot of those small creatures that have become sort of ubiquitous in legacy lately uh even just looking at the prices like i picked it up a week ago for i want to say 22 dollars, and now the average is up to 27 um so i it definitely seems like it's uh trending upwards so if you want your lilianas i would definitely say get on them sooner rather like actually just get on them now well, like, or you wait. could listen to, to jerry's <laughs> podcast cartel aristocrats you would have known that well ahead of time how much you guys charge for that podcast it must be very expensive to save people so much money uh playing magic it's free because we like it when people pat our backs for us at grand prix jeez, jeez. <laughs> like free money free yeah. money getting left on the table by people yeah, like uh, people come up uh, to you guys and like um, after the second round of a legacy event and they know that you're done with the legacy <laughs> event because you lost and they're like, you know, thanks for the podcast. We uh, we get approached by a bunch of vendors who's like, you know, thanks for uh, helping us screw the average magic player out of money because that's all we do, right? I feel so dirty. <laughs> this episode's being struck from the archives. I don't want to be the first against the wall when the revolution comes. <laughs> uh, we have a pair of uh, death and taxes lists in... I mean, I guess these would be 6th and 7th. Uh, they're not ranked that way, but whatever. They're 6th and 7th on this list. Look at the second one. It is uh, something that's becoming a lot more popular Ooh. lately in Legacy. Ooh. Uh, is it the red-white one? Yes. Yeah, we've been seeing this And a it also has online, black in the sideboard. Really like it. Oh, it's one of the three color. Yeah, I know uh, Ita has been uh, a really big proponent of this uh, online. I think he was actually one of the, I think he was the inventor of it. Uh, And then Saffron Olive from MTG Goldfish did a uh, spotlight on the deck. And it's really starting to pop up a lot. Um, What is it? Is it the, um, oh, this one's not running the... Uh, is it Dire Fleet? I forget what it is. The one that when it comes into play, you exile the top card a card from your opponent's graveyard, and you can play it for any color until it's end of the turn. new Red Snapcaster Mage. Yeah, it's not playing that. Yeah, that's surprising. So they're they're splashing the red, but they're not playing the Dire Fleet. So this isn't actually exactly the one that we've been seeing pop up a lot recently. Hmm. Um, but yeah, no, it definitely seems. Uh, you can get some use out of your plateaus coming up, which I think is exciting. Any reason to dust off your plateaus is a good reason. 
Storm. So we have Storm rounding out the top eight. And this is just typical Ant. Um, nothing to see here. Move along. Move along. Right? Uh, nothing nothing yeah. super exciting yeah. here. Xanta Swarm the sideboard. Which I thought I thought a lot of the uh, Storm decks were moving away from Xanta Swarm, but I don't play Storm, so I'm not up to date on their sideboard tech. I cut mine for Bob. Okay. I like where Bob's at a lot more right now. Bob is still like I feel that is just a criminally underplayed card. He is disappeared. Yeah. It's it, you know why? It's because if you're running black uh, and you're a creature based deck, you're probably going to want to run Gurmag mm-hmm. Angler, and you can't run Gurmag Angler with Bob. Fair, that's fair. Like Gurmag, such such a premium creature right now because Gurmag is pretty much replaced Tarmogoyf as is. Like Gurmag single, <laughs> Gurmag the lowly common single handedly replaced Tarmogoyf and Bob in the meta. Like, think about that. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's uh, that's kind of a spot we can see Bob start still show up is in the sideboard of uh, mm-hmm. Storm. Um, all right, and uh, there, there was one more event I wanted to go over. Uh, this is the uh, classic in Dallas. So like, they'll have like uh, Saturday they'll start running the team event and then. Anyone who scrubs out of the team event can play the classic on Sunday. Um, so we have a top eight from the. Well, I yeah, actually technically have a top sixteen, and this is more. I would say more representative of where the where the meta is at. Like more representative than a team event. You know what I mean? Um, and we saw Sega Show take it down with Chris Dunn at first. Yeah, uh, congrats to Chris. Um, he's running the Cunning yep. Wish version. Um, other than that, just being the Cunning Wish Omniscience version where it trims down, you know, only running three Emrakul, three Grizzlebrand to fit the Cunning Wishes in, uh, as well as trimming in a couple air- other areas. Um, other than that, it looks pretty stock. I don't see anything that interesting it, in it. it. Yeah, I find it interesting pretty, that they're running three non-instants in the sideboard for a Cunning Wish deck. Is that is that typical? Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they'll run that just as far. I mean, the one Grafter's Cage and two mm-hmm. Blood Moon. Um, those are just kind of your, your whammies. I don't really agree that much with running one Grafter's Cage just because I feel it's not that. Like, I'd want I'd want a little bit more Graveyard Hate. Well, they have uh, a Surgical as well, just, I guess. And, you know, card-like. Yeah. Uh, it Yeah. I mean, I think he was. he's probably lucky that he dodged a lot of the uh, fast Graveyard decks because things like Dredge and uh, Reanimator can... Uh, yeah, give you totally. problems if, especially if if they win the die roll, just because naturally they're at about a half turn to a turn faster mm-hmm. than you. Like especially the red the red black reanimator list, uh, that one can definitely give you a lot of problems. Right, right. Um, but yeah, that that list is pretty stock. Uh, Jody Keith on lands, uh, probably one of the most famous lands players, uh, I would say. Yeah, I mean that guy's just on a heater. He just he just plays that deck very well. If you get the chance to watch him on coverage, it's it's worth watching. Even if you don't like, even if you don't play the deck, it's worth watching him play because he's just very good with it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and again, uh, nothing nothing exciting in this list. It's very. Uh, it's a known quantity in the meta. Yep. Same right. for the third place. Grixis Delver list by Dylan Donegan. Uh, I think is it nope. the exact he same list as the two sideboard slots. Three. He oh, added what, Forkbolt what and Liliana of the Last Hope, and he took out is it Staticaster and um, uh, oh, and one more surgical. He took out. He put it. Yeah, he took out is it Staticaster. Uh, one copy of um, Chainer's Edict on top of Diabolic Edict, 
and then he also added one more braid. Mm. I forgot what else they were playing in that slot from the other sideboards, but he did change up his sideboard. Nice. Such innovation. um and here's the list i was thinking about before the mono red prison list uh william howell um yeah this list is sweet just four chandra torch of the defiance the blue the are the the red jace as we call it uh what's interesting is he's going for the walking ballista win condition instead of Mm. the goblin rabble master or uh what's the one from kaladesh that like gives you an extra attack step or maybe it was Amon Ket. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we kind of just see the uh, the wind conditions switch up a little bit. I think it's cool that he's running the uh, the walking ballista version. Yeah, that card's, card's good. ballistic. <laughs> good. <laughs> and next, wait, have all three of these been? Oh wait, I guess the other two were reported on third party sites, but I just noticed that the uh, the naming conventions changes. Now we have Sultai Delver. Tom Nelson. Um, this one also looks pretty stark. I'm surprised we we actually saw two Bug Delver. We haven't really seen Bug Delver put up minute much results uh, other than these events. Uh, we've definitely mm. seen kind of Grixis take the forefront with it. I think Bug. I think Bug stands a chance. I don't think that it's it's totally left out of the party here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 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 good enough to, to do well in a, a big event like this. Yeah, and a all, bigger event. Also, this list is not running any Liliana the Veils at all, but it is running two Liliana the Last Hope. Yeah. Um, and what I also noticed is uh, we tend to see the Grixis lists uh, run Stifle in their list, whereas the Bug lists are running the Hymn to Torak. Mm-hmm. Um, so no Gurmags. That's pretty. He's cool. running Tombstalker. Yeah, no. Yeah, two Tombstalker over Gurmag is another interesting choice. Definitely very heavy on the black, and we see that reflected in his mana base. He's running four Underground Sea, two Bayou, and only one Tropical Island, um, which that does have the potential to get him into trouble. Uh, mixing days in uh, Bayous over Tropical Islands. Uh, you know, sometimes you keep the the bayou opener because you have a death right shaman, and then you top deck a days and you feel real sad. Um, yeah, it's a cool list. Uh, what else we got? Uh, oh, black red reanimator in sixth place. This is a deck I haven't seen top eight recently, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's been a while, I'd say. Uh, ha- yeah. is there much uh red black reanimator in your neck of the woods? Yeah, Jeremy? it's a very cheap deck. I think the other thing, and like we've seen this reflected in our data as well, is like a lot of people weren't prepared for it the first couple tournaments, and now you're seeing in all these top eight lists they have at least four to five pieces of graveyard hate in all the top decks, so they came prepared for this type of shenanigans. Right, so it's getting harder for this deck to uh, to really perform. I also just think um, Reanimator as uh, archetype in general has just been really held back by the prevalence of Deathrite Shaman. Um, if Deathrite Shaman were to get banned, I think Reanimator would shoot to a tier one deck, and Elves players would cradle their decks and cry. <laughs> yes, um, I'm feeling generous, so we're gonna go with eight eight out of ten. <laughs> I, I, I'm calling into question your ranking system here. It's all over the place, man. <laughs> it's more arbitrary than we rate dogs. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, we got lands again. Um, anything look different? This one. Timothy Schultz running lands, also with On the Molten Vortex. Eh, it kind of just seems stock. And yeah. Miracles in eighth place. 
And we'll just skip right over that. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about your tournament, Jeremy. Oh, man, where do I start? <laughs> so you've you've hosted, um, obviously, a few of these. They've been very, very successful. Um, you've done some really cool things with, uh, like, a Winamox events, and also you raised uh, funds for... Um, one of the uh, your late players in your in your local area, if I'm not mistaken, uh, in the past as well. So, can you tell me about this Legacy 5K you're running? Yeah. So, do you want the background story, or do you just want the tournament? Give it. Let's let's get the background story. Let's hear it all. Uh, so, two years ago, I took over one of the shops in our local area, uh, essentially making me one of the youngest TOs in the U.S. I'm a pretty young guy, so it's nice to deal with. It's nice to uh, spend my community-mandated service time uh, talking with you <laughs> old guys before they ship you off to retirement homes. But, uh, we need something to do. We need something to do while yeah. we're in there. Um, so I took over, and Legacy was pretty much dead. So I essentially bribed a bunch of players with free decks to come and start playing F&M. Uh, and over the past two years, um, at least last year, we sold out 88% of our tournaments last year. Uh, they were 80 people events and they sold out. We had to turn away people from the door for events like legacy when lotuses, uh, legacy double mocks. So we've definitely put the uh, prize support in paying down as far as top 32, top 64, uh, and a bunch of door prizes as well. Uh, last year there was a guy who made a lot of waves on social media called Steve Middleton. Uh, he had very, uh, terminal cancer. And he had a lot of medical bills that were included with that. So we raised thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars uh, through the generosity of our legacy tournaments. Basically, I took the money after how much it would cost to operate the shop for the day, and we threw it all his way. Uh, As far as entry fees, uh, all sales for that day went to him as well. So you had people buying stuff like Beta Shivan Dragons and Beta Undergrounds. Uh, So we raised a lot of money for him. Uh, he sadly didn't make it. Uh, so this is our first tournament of this year in which a portion of it will be going towards, uh, the cancer research Institute. Um, the event is capped at 275 players. It is by far our most ambitious tournament we have ever put on, but I was getting tired of turning away like 20 players at the door for 80 person events. Uh, it's in a much bigger city this time. It's in St. Louis proper downtown, Uh, We've done all the paperwork, which uh, took quite a while to figure out because there's a lot of fun things like liability for any lawyers that might be listening. I'm currently in in school right now, so it's uh, (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, like, you're you're taking this all on and you're still a full-time student, right? Yeah, I'm still a student. Uh, I'm only 24 now, I guess. Wait. Yeah? No, wait. No, I'm 23 right now. I'll be 24 soon. Uh so it's pretty funny because I, I have no hair. I'm a pretty bald guy. Uh, so a lot of people assume that I'm like 30 or 35. Like you, and they're, they're still, they're, they'll start talking to me about like what I do. And it's like, yeah, man, I'm in school, like post-undergrad. You can't even rent a car yet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but we're putting on all these great tournaments. I'm vending it. Uh, so it was nice to... Uh, worked this out, took a lot of work, and then I basically took a sabbatical once we had figured out the details and let the shop do it, shops do its own stuff. Uh, we do online sales through a variety of shops, and then I work with a couple shops throughout Missouri as well. 
so I've got my plate full at pretty much all times, and I, I let out some pressure by just making puns all the time <laughs> on any podcast I'm on. So I'm sorry for any listeners who didn't already check out. Oh, man, I'm, I'm sorry for getting in the way of your stress relief. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we actually had a bunch of people donate gifts for this tournament. Um, I do know there's players driving up to eight hours for this tournament. In the past, that we've had players drive as far as six hours away for these tournaments, because uh, the door prizes are so good. Uh, right now, we have a case of original Zendikar, a near mint foil onslaught, polluted Delta, uh, a couple bizarre of Baghdad, and Jace the Mind Sculptor Eternal Weekend playmats, um, and some other cool stuff to give away. And those are just the door prizes. That doesn't include the $5,000 cash uh, that's split among the top 32. So it's going to be a ton of fun. We're flying in commentators. I'm flying in vendors. It's uh, it's going to be one big money sink, but uh, it's most of it, or at least a portion, is going to cancer research. And as long as I break even on these tournaments, I don't really care. Um, if we, in the past, we've had tournaments where the, the turnout far exceeded the prizes, and I just threw it into either door prizes as far as we gave away 14 revised dual lands as door prizes in one tournament, uh, which was pretty fun, or we just throw it into the uh, top of the uh, the payout. So I'm always just trying to break even. I'm, I'm just a poor uh, college student, so there's no reason for me to be raking in fat stacks of money TOing. Good. Uh, so it's just been a, been a good one. Nice. Uh, we opened up registration earlier today. Uh, we're already 10% full as of last time I checked, which is pretty good. Uh, I think if we get 150 people, I'll be okay with it. But yeah, it's capped at 275 players. Nice. And it's in downtown St. Louis. And uh, when is it again? It's on March 10th. You can find out more details by going to uh, Moonbase Market on Facebook or Twitter, but we'll get into that later. Uh, it just should be a good event. And there's a lot of other legacy podcasters driving in as well. So if you want to meet anybody, it's a good place to meet. It's like uh, it's like a little convention for legacy players in the Midwest. Nice. And, uh, yeah, we're going to send you some stuff out, some legacy, leaving legacy swag to add to the piles. Thanks. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely sounds like an awesome event, man. Uh, hope, hope it goes great. And it's for a good cause too, which is always great. I, I think the, I feel like the legacy scene especially can really excel at that, uh, having more, you know, we see like food drive tournaments, um, you know, different cha- events for charity fundraisers. Um, I think it just, it, it really gets the people out and makes it just kind of a fun event. And, you know, it kind of takes a little bit of the competition out of it as far as like, it's not the, you're not being super spiky. You're just kind of coming for a good time. So I think it really adds to the atmosphere of the tournaments. Yeah, that's definitely something I've noticed as a TO. I've actually stopped TOing and offering modern events because I couldn't stand the player base. I prefer to just deal with much more mature players that <laughs> didn't cause a scene, didn't try and like play with fake cards. Uh, it's it's a way more laid back environment, and the fact that the Midwest community is so close knit um, compared to like some of the more rural places around is uh, really nice. So it's more of an excuse to come and play Legacy with your friends, or just say hi to people and hang out. So that's the plan. Nice. Sounds like an awesome time. Maybe if I'm unemployed at this time, I'll just fly out, fly out and come play in it. <laughs> you never know. Sorry, Jerry, you're banned. <laughs> Good. All right. Pre-ban. It's probably for the best, honestly. <laughs> we, we can't have you winning all the tournaments I put on, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know. People are going to find out that I've been bribing you. 
but yeah, sounds like an awesome time. Um, I guess before we go, do you want to get into kind of our weekend legacy a uh, bit? Did you play any yeah. Pat? Uh, no, I, I so <clears throat> this past week I was here uh, come super the excuses with, with work and stuff. No, and actually I took a. Uh, <laughs> I took some time to – so <laughs> here's a funny story. So uh, last week I was talking to uh, our friend Aaron, and uh, we were just talking about F&M whatever, and uh, uh, Aaron apparently was at F&M, and I had no recollection of him being there. And I think it was because I've only been getting about like four and a half, five hours of sleep a night for the past few months, uh, sometimes a little less of that. Uh, so I decided to uh, to take some me time and try to get more sleep. Uh, I'm trying to average like seven or eight hours a night now, which I haven't done in uh, many, many years. So I'm, do- I'm doing my best to not stay up too late. So that has obviously cut into some of my uh, my free time uh, prior. But uh, we'll be streaming again uh, probably Wednesday nights again. And uh, I'm going to try to make up to Etsy this week as well. But I'm trying to go to bed at reasonable time. So that's why I didn't get a chance to play this week. But yeah. We got yeah. a we got a stream too, Pat. When you do do the stream, we do. Yeah, um, actually, I, I was thinking that Men of Steel deck we were t- we talked about. I'm gonna have to do, uh, get in touch with Rich and see if we can get the cards uh, to put that together. But uh, that deck looks like too much fun. We'll maybe have that one and another one set up so we can play a couple leagues and uh, and just go ham. Uh, I got a request actually from uh, from Marcus. Uh, he sent me a sweet stasis list. Uh, oh with... God. <laughs> Uh, I posted on the Facebook group a little while ago. It's this Lorwyn rare. It's escaping me right now, but it's one blue blue. Savor the moment. Yes, savor the moment. Take an extra. That's from Shadowmore. <laughs> Shadowmore. Sorry, not Lorwyn. Yeah, take an extra turn after this one. That next turn, you skip your untap step. So it's Stasis Savor the Moment dot deck, and it looks fun as hell for you, not your opponent. Your opponent will be miserable, but it'll be fun for they'll, you. But they'll probably still win, so they'll they'll be fine at the end of the game. No, they'll they'll win, but they'll hate every minute of of winning. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all we can ask for. Uh, so yeah, uh, we should have do uh, do a stream with those. Yeah, love it. Nice. What about you, Jeremy? You get to play much uh, Legacy this week? Yeah, I actually got to play quite a bit. Um, I've been on Bomberman a lot lately, oh. as, as well as Veteran. Uh, Bomberman's been a ton of fun. Uh, I've been trying out like Rainbow, Waterfall, whatever you want to call it, the four or five color Cascade deck in Legacy. <laughs> oh, Waterfalls. Uh, yeah. The cool thing about like running a bunch of uh, shops is you can just sort of throw whatever you want together and then play what you want for the week. Um, I, I threw back goblins for a while, and every time I had to turn one goblin lackey, they had a death right shaman. So it's made me irrationally hate that card even more. <laughs> uh, yeah, good. I don't know. Legacy's just been—it's been pretty good. Uh, people are starting to settle in. I think there needs to be a couple changes, but I'm real happy with uh, being able to play Legacy, which is something a lot of people are not able to. So it's nice. Yeah. Uh, there is just endless possibilities in Legacy, which I think is one of the core reasons why everyone just loves the format so much. Um, you know, some, I bet there are people who have, like, they don't even know what a Bomberman deck is, and that's just awesome. Those are just things you kind of figure out along the way. Yeah, it's, uh, definitely a lot of fun, and you, you can sometimes salvage some wins, so if you want to check out something weird, just look up Bomberman. Uh, I can't tell if that was an intentional pun or not, so I'm gonna give yep. you a 10 out of 10. You got there. You got there. 
Um, well, I played, I didn't get to play any paper this week, unfortunately, but I did play a lot of uh, leagues. And I am off Sneak and Show for a while. I cannot get a win to save my life with that uh with that deck online right now it's just constantly i feel like i'm trading off between uh hex depths and grixis delver both of which are pretty bad matchups for the deck um so i put sneak and show down which is probably a good thing because i queued up uh, a queue uh with uh bug delver and my round one opponent gataxian probes me sees my hand of like lands and delver and just it just types in, oh, that's a surprise. <laughs> so <laughs> I figure if if my opponents are remarking that I'm not playing Sneak and Show, I should probably put the deck down for a while. <laughs> um, but also with that league, I accidentally registered the wrong list. I was trying to play the uh, Bug Delver Delve list that I've been playing in paper uh, with the... Uh, three Gurmag and a Tombstalker, and then running Thought Scour is kind of a ritual effect to power them out. But I've been doing really well with paper, but I accidentally entered the wrong deck, and I'm playing this like terrible four color like prior to this was this deck was made like before the miracles ban and it's just like this weird really really bad version of check pile. So I just <laughs> limped my way through a league with that. <laughs> uh but yeah that's that's just kind of what i've been doing lately so you're you're, you're off sneaking show for a while yeah i i gotta put it down i just i can't uh i i got the bad juju with the deck like i, f- yeah. I just feel like i can't get a good hand to save my life it happens it happens yeah. uh so i wanted to put that deck and uh <laughs> kind of wait for the fire to come back yeah it's always good to flip the script up anyway you know yeah um uh, all right should we get into scoops yeah, let's get into some scoops on top eight. Jeremy, do you want to lead us off here? No, last time I did, I messed it up, so you guys can go first. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my scoops real quick. I did want to scoop in our newest patrons. We had three new ones this past week. Uh, Tom Cairns, Nick Whitson, and Matthew Hackbird. Thank you guys so much for uh, for joining the Patreon family. We really appreciate it. Make sure to get you uh, yourself on the Discord and uh, get to hang out with us and, and talk about Legacy and... Uh, and again, thank you so much for the support. We really appreciate every single dollar you guys send to us. Uh, helps us do more stuff for the cast and and get out to events and stuff. So we can't thank you enough for that. Nice. Uh, I'm gonna scoop in you, Jeremy, because I'm unprepared. But thanks for coming on, man. Always a pleasure. <laughs> thanks, I appreciate it. You got the unprepared um... scoop. You don't have to say I'm unprepared, Jerry. You can just say. Jeez. I'm honest, Pat. I'm sorry some of us are truthful in this day and age. Uh, you know the most honest people are usually the dumbest ones, too. You know that, right? They wow. don't have the ability to lie. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm offended. I believe in truth, justice, and the American way, Pat. You know what the American way is, Jerry? Lying. <laughs> lies. Are you about to launch into the greed is good speech? <laughs> I mean, it's true. <laughs> I should have I should have known better from a uh, Belichick fan. I'm not a Belgian fan. I'm a, I'm a Patriots fan. I'm a fan of winning, Jerry. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, are we doing? Is this is this the uh, episode before the Super Bowl? Are we doing Super it Bowl is. predictions? Oh nice. yeah, yeah. Pa- Patriots on top, like 35-14. Uh, I think Philadelphia is going to steal it in overtime uh, with uh, what's it called when you kick the ball between the goalposts? Field goal. <laughs> Field goal. Yeah, yeah, they're gonna win with one of those. 
so, me, all right, Jerry. Goddamn Hallmark to, moment. Are we going to put a bet in this right now? Is that what we're doing? Because you've never beaten me in an actual bet. You actually still owe me. I know. A I still owe you. Of... I still. Also, you unfairly accused me of that at FNM the other night too. Of what? Not bringing him in? No, yeah, you, ducking you, me. You said I was trying to duck you. I. I oh forget. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. I said, oh, Jerry, you owe me. You owe me for a bet, and you were like, you looked at me, you like laced your fingers together and said, what no. bet? Yes, you did. Like, you were testing me to see if I remembered. Like, the fact that I remembered you owed me from a bet wasn't enough. I had to elaborate on this what the bet was. This Scumbag. Is, this, this is total bullshit. This is a It's uh, not. It was like, oh, man. You, it was like your most John Hammond voice. Like, what, what bet, per, what I, bet I, sir? I produced a bamboo cane with a amber yeah. insect on the end. <laughs> Uh, all right, we we put in we put in Super Bowl bets. What are we? Are we going double or nothing? Double or nothing on uh, drafts? <laughs> no, we got to do dinner. You will have to buy me dinner. Uh, all right, ooh, making a romantic. All right, I can get behind Fogo that. bets. <laughs> Fogo. Yeah, yeah. All right, we'll just We're... do straight up. You you you're calling the Eagles to win. I'll call the Patriots to win, and we'll see who we'll see who wins. All right, so I'm like my chances with Tom Tom Brady. So. <laughs> I know. I definitely think I'm taking the losing side of this bet. <laughs> I'm going to go with the Eagles as well. I think uh, Pat's idea of winning is a little inflated at this point. So we'll see what happens. Um, the only reason why I'm rooting for the Eagles, born and raised in Boston, is because I'm annoyed with not being able to do anything every weekend because everyone's so focused on watching the freaking Patriots game every goddamn weekend. I'm so Jerry, ready for it, football it, season it, to be over. Jerry's so funny. None of his friends want to hang out with him any weekend of the year. Jerry doesn't know the football oh. season is only like in the fall. It's only like a four-month span. Jerry's like, man, none of my friends want to hang out with me span, August. They don't year. want to hang out with me in June. No one wants to hang out with me in, in, in March. I don't know what's going on. Everyone's watching this damn football all the time. Anyone have a healing cell for that burn? Wow. Sorry, Jerry. I can't hang out with you, buddy. I'm watching the Patriots game. Uh, it's June 5th. Yeah. It's a replay. I taped it. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. All right. I'm, I'm taking the Eagles. Didn't they, didn't right. they beat them last time? I don't know. I'm, I'm not really worried about what happened last time. It's not. That has no, you know, what, what is it like? Prior results have no no hold no weight on future past, results or something. Past like that. results are not indicative of future performance. Yeah, sure. You know, yeah, we just put we that put stuff. that disclaimer on the graph, Pat, just to you know get the regulators off our back. Come yeah, on. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Causation is correlation. <laughs> you got a data roll? Uh, we got eighteen. You're shitting me, right? Nope. Oh man. Well, do nope. think there's twenty. I'll just count two up from twenty. Uh, all right, Matt Serletti. Two cows are passing their day in the pasture when one cow says to the other, "Are you afraid of getting this mad cow disease?" The other cow says, "Why the hell would I care? I'm a helicopter." <laughs> that's that was a, pretty good. That's a good one. That, that was pretty I like good. that I like one. That. Good job, I like Matt. That too. <laughs> All right, Jerry. Uh, play us out with something sweet, even though it's the Wait, same what? thing. <laughs> Can I get my scoop in? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we forgot Jeremy. Oh, Jeremy. Ouch. <laughs> you, you messed it up so badly that we just revoked your, your scoop this week. 
Yeah. <laughs> Jeremy, what's your scoop? I'd like to scoop in all the people that help make uh, their magic community stronger, rather than rather through supporting their local game shops or just you know g- giving advice or cards to that one new player in the shop. It, it's what makes magic magic. Uh, I, I recently tweeted out. Uh, maybe the magic was the gatherings we've had along the way oh my this God. entire time. I saw that. So, that such a hallmark. It was awesome. It, to be, and yeah. to be honest with you too, it, it like rings so true. I know it's like corny and funny, but it really is true. Like, I mean, honestly, my best memories of magic are when I'm with my friends playing the game. It's never like, I'm never like, oh, my favorite time to play matches when I'm, when I'm home alone playing magic online. It's like same game, but very, very different feel. Yeah. And since we're wrapping this up before the music, uh, comes in i guess i'll say where i can where you guys can find me as well since uh we also were about to miss that yeah. uh, i guess they just really want me off the cast <laughs> i don't know uh you can find me on twitter at missouri mtg you can find me in the great state of missouri off of highway farty far gotta put that missouri accent in there um i'm at pretty much every grand prix uh this year I'm going to Toronto with the rest of the cartel guys. I'll be at pretty much every GP where there's legacy offered, uh, whether in a, uh, a shirt or behind a booth or whatever's going on, you know, come say hi. I'm not that hard to find. I'm the big, tall, bald guy. Um, yeah. You still going to carry it. around your Russian cube for all the GPs? Yeah. And, uh, another reason to play storm is because I have foil Russian dark confidence and, oh, yeah. uh, foil Russian Jaces. So you gotta, Ooh. you gotta stunt on the adults, man. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> gotta, for gotta sure. Flex, flex those muscles. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. You can find Jerry at J M E three R D. You can find me at Pat Uglo on Twitter, uh, twitch.tv slash Pat Uglo. Find us on Patreon on hipsters, join the Facebook group, leaving. If you want to email us something long, you know, your, your new Twitter, 280 characters isn't enough to, lambast Jerry with all the wrong stuff he says every cast you email us <laughs> leaving legacy at hipsterthecoast.com. dot <laughs> <laughs>